If you are looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to reclaim your fertility to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. Hello, my friends. How are you today? I genuinely hope you are having an amazing day on this summer solstice. I know that it is hot, hot, hot here, but I am super happy to be outside and let the light in. And I'm excited to be with you today. I'm also a little um, scrambled and a student of my own work today. So I think you'll find some irony in that. Um, As I was writing this episode, I was definitely experiencing a lot of decision fatigue, which is what we're talking about today. And I know this because this morning, my normally focused brain was throwing thoughts out the window as fast as they would come in. And literally, I couldn't catch a thought to save my life. It was true squirrel brain up there. And that's not my normal. And the reason that I know that it was decision fatigue was I was having a lot of thoughts like, you should go get a snack. And then I would get a snack and my brain would be like, no, that doesn't taste good. You should find something else. You should go to the beach. No, you should write on a completely different topic. No one will know if you don't keep to your calendar. I know that I am approaching a self-made uh, decision fatigue spin out when I am literally shooting all over myself with my thoughts. What's happening is I am negotiating with a previously decided plan and eating out my precious willpower with each sneak attack of thoughts from the peanut gallery part of my brain. This is one of the symptoms for me when I know I need to take a beat, I need to take a breath, I need to assess my own level of self care and do a little bit of internal work about why my brain wants to move in a hundred different directions simultaneously instead of one focused direction. I also know that doing anything that I'm supposed to do, even the littlest bit of work of what I had planned will break this cycle instead of negotiating with my brain when it is acting like a full on terrorist and holding me hostage. For me, another sign that I'm about to crash into decision fatigue is that nothing is satisfying. Absolutely nothing. And when I call the thought spins is the third sign that I notice before I am in full out decision avoidance. And if I get to avoidance, nothing will happen. I will literally shut down. I'll have a hundred tabs open on my computer and I'll be further away from acting on a decision than when I started and will literally do nothing except maybe be hard on myself for doing nothing. I told you this episode is going to be full of irony. So before I understood what exactly decision fatigue was, I was in it all the time and it led to a lot of non-decisions, which ultimately is a decision of nothing. It's letting doing nothing, make the decision for you. And I was also not taking care of myself as well as I could and ultimately approached burnout because of my decision fatigue. And I see that happen with so many of you because of the sheer amount of decisions that sometimes need to be made on an infertility journey. And that number of decisions and sometimes the 
feeling of the gravity behind them can take you by surprise. And I wrote a list of things that I see happen with a lot of my clients. And I'm telling you, I got tired just writing the list. And so I can only imagine what that feels like in your body when it's happening to you. So today we are going to cover exactly what decision fatigue is, how to catch it, and most importantly, how to protect yourself from it. This is typically a concept that is taught in business mentoring, but I see it show up so often in my fertility clients and my parents, um, my moms. So this is something that is going to serve you to learn about and guard against on your fertility journey, as well as your pregnancy and parenting journey. And that's why we're talking about it today. I Googled decision fatigue and fertility together because I wanted to see if I was the only one noticing this. And I thought maybe the scientific literature would have some studies on this because it's full of decision fatigue studies in business concepts. Um, I wondered if any other medical providers were talking about it and oddly, while there were numerous articles in literature for the past decade or so, there weren't any about fertility journey and decision fatigue in particular and how it adds to the psychological distress that can happen. But you know what I did find? I found a ton of fertility patients talking about how they wished that this was something they knew about while they were trying to conceive because the sheer number of decisions and perceived weight that those decisions carried left them feeling burnt out and wanting to quit trying to conceive altogether. This seems to be amplified in those that identify as women who are going through IVF cycles specifically, probably because of the financial impact and the feeling like every decision that you make might lead to another decision that you have to make that you don't want to. So these are some of the questions that I see spinning some of my clients out in decision fatigue. When should we start trying? Should we take a break this month? What does a basal body temperature chart mean? Should I do more research? Should I follow this person on Instagram who wants me to join the program? Should I test my temps or pee on ovulation sticks? Should I take this supplement or that supplement or those herbs or none of them? Should I do acupuncture? Should I switch doctors? When do we see a reproductive endocrinologist instead of an OB? Who pays for all of this? Why won't my insurance cover any of this? Why will it cover the doctor and not the lab? Do I tell anyone that's happening? Surely my boss needs to know. Do I reschedule that work trip so I don't miss my fertile window? Do we do IUI and IVF? And how many times do we do it? When do we stop if it doesn't work? Do we test my partner more than once? Should I press my partner about getting tested before I do something drastic? Is it okay to talk about adoption, even if we really want to have our own biological child? Should I hire a coach? Should I go to a therapist? Should I have those embryos PGD tested? Should I advocate for an ERA? Should I test at home before I go to the doctor? Should I see a reproductive immunologist? Do we transfer more than one embryo? Do we travel to a different clinic? Do we take a loan or save up and pay cash? Is that a good number of follicles? Should I cancel or continue this medicated cycle? Do you see what I mean? There's a lot in there. And it's not uncommon for somebody to entertain all of these at some point on their fertility journey if they're on it long enough. 
all of these questions start running on a loop in the back of your brain, like a program that you can't get off your computer. You know, the one, you know, the program I'm talking about that every time you open up your computer, no matter how many times you take it out of the dock, because it's draining your precious battery life, it still insists upon opening up. That's what this is like. Only the computer is your brain. And today we're going to go over solutions to get it to stop constantly running so that when you do decide to engage these questions, you have the emotional resilience to do so without shutting down completely. Trust me when I say this list is not exhaustive. And if you aren't onto your brain's tricks, it only picks up a different subject matter when you get pregnant, deliver, or become a parent. It does not stop simply because you are pregnant because our brain's reservoir for the relationship of decision fatigue to willpower stays the same, no matter the circumstance. So what is the definition of decision fatigue exactly? Decision fatigue describes how our decision-making gets worse as we make additional choices and our cognitive abilities get worn out. Decision fatigue is the reason we feel overwhelmed and we have too many choices to make. The phenomenon of decision fatigue can affect even the most rational and intelligent individuals as everyone can become mentally exhausted. The more decisions made throughout the day, the harder each decision becomes for us. Eventually, the brain looks for shortcuts to circumvent decision fatigue, leading to poor decision making. I'll give you an example. When I was first dating my husband, we were getting to know each other, getting used to each other's routines. And one evening on a particularly long day of patient care, he came over and he was in an indecisive mood. And he kept just asking me over and over what I wanted for dinner. And he was in this very like pleasing mode where he just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I started to cry. (laughs) I was so worn out. I looked at him and said, if you didn't exist, I'd be eating popcorn or whatever the first thing was in my cupboards that I could see. And he didn't understand why he was like, what happened? And, you know, did, did somebody have a miscarriage? Was it like a terrible day? And I said, no, it was just the sheer number of decisions that I had to make throughout the day. I had overdone it, which, you know, there's a lot that goes into deciding what I think is imbalanced in somebody. And then what needles do I put in and where, and what herbs do I give them? And then how often do I tell them to come back? You know, that's just like a little smattering, let alone running the business. And you add that up, multiply that by 10, 12, 16 people a day. Sometimes if I'm not careful. I don't have the ability to make decisions for myself at the end of the day. So one of the things that makes it worse is people who more frequently have to make decisions based on trade-offs. So what I mean by trade-offs is it's not a decision to just gain something, They have to give away something as well. They experience decision fatigue more intensely. So as an example, those who live in poverty typically have to struggle with trade-offs continually. So this is why if money is tight, or even if you or your partner subscribe to the idea that money is tight, every decision that you make big and small can feel heavy and overwhelming. And I find that when any of our basic needs aren't being met, Decisions become increasingly difficult as if there's only one right decision. 
That is because the brain will factor in how to get that need taken care of with every decision you make. So if your housing is in question, you've had an argument with a loved one and don't feel seen, heard, or loved, your resources are slim. When I say resources, I mean not just money, but time or freedom as well, or you don't feel safe, which could come from something as simple as hearing the news. Or if your nervous system is in high alert from normal stress stressors at work, each decision will feel like it's using up a bigger part of your willpower and your emotional resilience. The super fascinating paradox about this is, is that our brains are trying to get our needs met, but usually they end up trapping us in a place of unmet needs because we fail to make decisions that would help us break free. And all of these unmet needs can be fact or simply subjective perception. So what makes it better? Making decisions when rested and fresh. Sleep deprivation and fatigue directly influences the quality of our thinking and decision-making capacity. Making decisions on a full tummy. Low glucose levels lead to decision fatigue really quickly because it's perceived food scarcity by the brain, yet another need or trade-off. An example of this might be if you've ever gone to the grocery store hangry. I'm willing to admit that you made a lot of sub D list choices on that trip. And that's if you went to the store at all, instead of total avoidance or eating out instead, you know, those Snickers commercials where somebody that's hungry, literally like morphs into something else. That's really all. And that was me that night of popcorn making decisions ahead of time also helps. This goes from meal planning and workouts to in-depth IVF decisions, making those hard decisions about testing donor embryos or sperm is way harder when you are in a cycle and biochemically hijacked and feeling like you are bleeding out financially than it would be if you had these tough conversations ahead of time. And a lot of times, because we know that these conversations with our partners are going to be emotionally draining, and we don't want to make these decisions, we'll often table these decisions for, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. When in reality, we should at least have a conversation and somewhat of a rough draft of what we think we'll do or won't do in certain situations so that when we're emotionally heightened or our biochemistry is literally taken over with exogenous hormones, we have a little bit more logic and reason to stand on. Another thing that helps is to decide on and engage in routine where there is no question about doing it to free up brain space for creative problem solving as a trade-off. So uniforms, morning routines, exercise, breakfast, meditation, meal planning, go a really long way to protect your mental reserves so that you have the stamina and capacity and emotional resilience to make harder decisions. Have you ever noticed that the most successful people in the world wear uniforms of sorts? So think of Steve Jobs in his black turtleneck, Barack Obama in his blue gray suit, doctors wear scrubs, I wear scrubs. It immediately relieves me of overthinking first thing in the morning. They're laundered and hung every weekend so that I can ensure that I have as little as drama, mind drama, if you will, each weekday morning. And when I was writing this episode and realizing how much decision fatigue I was in, I thought back to my day and what I realized is that I had totally skipped most of my morning routine. I had um, something on my phone actually caught my attention and I got sucked into a couple of conversations before I meditated and hit the Peloton and walked the dog, which is not my normal. And so I did those things in a distracted state and they didn't really 
give me the same fractal that they will. And I also had to negotiate with myself of how I could fit that into my day because I didn't do it first thing. So I, I veered from that already decided upon routine. Another thing that can help is making decisions earlier in the day. You'll have more mental capacity and willpower to stay the course. If you've already decided on the route to take and you make decisions earlier in the day. Remember me wanting to eat popcorn while crying? So often in fertility, we will wait until the workday is over and we are snuggled up in bed with our partners to try and make a unified decision. That is straight nightmare fuel for you and your partner. I say you set aside a certain amount of time for those convos in a peaceful place early in the day, like a walk in the park for 30 minutes uh, to be followed by something with no talk of the decision, something fun, something that will get your mind off of that situation. Decide to have the decision made in the allotted time or table it for another planned early day meeting. I promise you this will go so far in preventing miscommunication, emotional breakdowns and fighting and hot topics. Also really, really important. And I struggled with this for years. Please understand that there is no right or wrong decision. This thought is usually conditioning at its very best. And I don't mean this in like a spiritual bypassing kind of way of like, it's okay, make a decision and the other one will come along. What I mean is so many of you will tell me that you're terrified to make the wrong decision. And so you, you keep delaying making a decision at all, which really is making a decision to let someone else or something else circumstance or time decide for you. A lot of this is conditioning of being a good girl and getting it right and doing it perfectly instead of giving yourself permission to fail forward. And what I mean by permission to fail forward is to make a choice and then promise to have your back that you're not going to be hard on yourself because it didn't end up the way that you wanted. When we allow ourselves to fail our way forward, what we do is we build the resilience to get up and try again. And I know that this conditioning is real. It's not just in their current day and time. A lot of it is generational. A lot of it has to do with how you identify uh, as a person, as a female. And I was conditioned right along with the rest of you. I had somewhat hippie parents. They weren't full on hippie. I think they missed Woodstock by a couple of years and like kind of wanted to be hippie. And they didn't want me to feel boxed in by rules the way that they were when they were being brought up. So I did enjoy a lot of freedom in my youth, probably too much. Um, I think that's also where I got a lot of my perfectionist tendencies because I was like terrified of that freedom being taken away, even though I really wanted guardrails. It was a bit of a paradox, but even though they gave me all this freedom, what they didn't do was teach me how to make decisions. And that coupled with uh, a lot of those perfectionist tendencies was a minefield when I got to college. I had so many choices. It was literally paralyzing for a while until I figured out a structure for how to make decisions that I felt good about and aligned with. And that is something that I think we all need to invest the time in for ourselves because a lot of you have very big decisions on your plate. And it's not just about you. When you go on to have children, 
you want to be able to model for them how we make hard decisions and how we have our own back every step of the way. The process of getting aligned with yourself is unique to each of us, but we do this in conscious conceptions. We go through my strategy and then you tweak it and hone it to make it your own personal strategy for making decisions so that you feel good about every decision that you make, that you feel empowered and you feel aligned with your higher self and you understand that you might get it wrong and then that's more than okay. So if this is something that you want to explore more, I really encourage you to become a part of our Conscious Conceptions community this summer and see what blooms in your life as a result of doing this work on yourself. I hope that you found this episode helpful. And to recap, here are my tips for making decision fatigue less of an issue in your life. Make your decisions when you're rested and fresh. Make them on a full tummy. Make them ahead of time and stick to the plan. Decide on and engage in routine in the simplest of things to free up your mind for other creative space and have these conversations with your partner ahead of time. All right, I'd love to hear your comments on this. Head over to Instagram and follow me at fertilemindsradio.com and let me know what you thought of this episode. Bye for now. Hey, if you're interested in taking this work deeper in your life, let's work together. Go to fertilemindsradio.com to schedule a free, no obligation chat to discuss which level of support would be best for you. Or click on the link in my bio over on Instagram at fertilemindsradio. It really is that simple.